ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to episode 101 of Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. And I'm Chuck Clark. Chuck, what's been going on, man? It's been about a whole week since we last spoke. Uh, not too much in the in the life. Uh, went to you know a playoff game. Disappointing. Um, other than that, not not too much. Not too much going on. Well, I appreciate you bringing it up because I I did want to talk about it. Um. We haven't really had a chance to dive into the MLB playoffs yet, uh, just with Ahsoka finishing up, us trying to get into Gen V, and there's just been a lot of like movie and TV stuff to talk about. But I do want to just kind of go over, yeah, you know, because you've been such a lifelong Orioles fan, really just wanted to get your thoughts on what a lot of people are calling a disappointing series against the Rangers getting swept 3-0. It was very disappointing. I was not happy. Um, especially the game I went to on Sunday was the game where they gave up a grand slam and were down 9-2 in the second. Um, you know, tried to make a comeback, but it was 11-8 by the final. You know what I mean? It was yeah. it was just not. I mean, you they walked 11 batters. You can't do that. Um, I still think, I mean, great season. I think they build on this. You know, nothing's guaranteed, but I think they'll be better. I think they need to go out and get pitching. If that's a trade in the offseason, you know, that makes the most sense. I don't know who they bring in, but Shane Bieber. I think we need. Yeah, that's what I I, I saw. Uh, Gab uh, Goody was like, they should have, Orioles should have traded for Shane Bieber when they had the chance. And it was like, didn't he have like a bad year, like a really bad year? Like no, no, he, get... no, he just got injured. He was actually oh. having he was having like one of the best stretches of uh, baseball he's had in a couple seasons. And then he then he got injured. I remember specifically that I, I love Shane Bieber, but I'm a realistic Guardians fan. I knew that he was their biggest trade chip and that they were probably going to move him. Um, And he put together like three incredible outings. He like. Uh, one hit the Astros in like eight innings earlier in the year, but then he got hurt. However, he did come back for at the beginning of September. So like he would have been back for a postseason. And he had, I think he had two starts for the guardians before the season was over. And I believe he went one and one in those starts. So that is their biggest need. If you're the, if you're the, an O's fan is you need pitching because that lineup's good. And the good news is, you're young, but you have even more like outfield power in your farm system ready to come up. So you have the trade chips, whether that be maybe somebody established in Major League Baseball, like Anthony Santana. I know I've seen his name out there a lot. Um, or there, and I think Jorge Mateo is probably the other one. Although seen, I think they want to keep Jorge. I've seen uh, Mountcastle being thrown around. I think they'd be less willing to move on from him. Yeah. Um, he's cause he's young too. And I don't know how many first basemen we have in the system. That's the thing. All our people are middle infielders and like outfielders. outfielders. Yeah. The classic utility guys, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but you guys have some serious pop in the in the in your on your AAA team. And I mean, uh, Jackson Holiday is voted the best minor league player, and he didn't get to the minor leagues till July. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I, they'll be fine. Is the point that I'm trying to make? That lineup is too good, and they're so young. I mean, this would have been an this was already a very impressive turnaround from where they finished last year to this year. Um, best record in the AL. Right. You know, like I mean, it, it was crazy. I did also see a thing. Uh, our sports director, Mark Viviano, tweeted this out that our rotation, Dean, Kremer, Bradish, and maybe Gibson, too. I can't remember. They all pitched about 50 more innings than they did last year, like six games more. And I think just acquiring another starter could help lower that and keep them a little more fresh for the postseason because it did feel like about mid after we clinch like right around the time we clinched the playoffs it was like this team is running out of gas you know what i mean yeah we also had a rough like stretch to end the season because like basically the last two we got like one day off in the last like two and a half weeks of september so that was tough yeah for sure and I mean, I was really rooting for the O's. Like, I think my dream World Series matchup would have been O's Phillies. I think that's what the world was rooting for. But <laughs> now I'm rooting for Rangers Phillies um, because I want uh, the winner of the Astros and Twin Series to go directly to hell if that's possible. So I, agree. I don't don't want anything good for either of those teams. Um, I mean. Any other surprises? I, I would say probably Arizona being up 2 0. On uh, the Dodgers right now is pretty surprising. Yeah. Like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, where Kerr, I mean, Kershaw's usually like, there's, you know, he's, you know, jokes about him not being good at the playoffs, but my God, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah oh he just rolled, God. he just rolled over and died after that first pitch the other night. I, I think they're in the same position as the Orioles. They're just about to go down. I mean, the Braves might might be going down. They're well, losing. They're getting creamed by the Phillies right now, aren't they? Yeah, so the Phillies will be up 2-1, assuming the score holds. I think it's like the eighth inning. I watched most of the game. Bryce Harper is unreal, by the way. Yeah, um, I, I saw a tweet. Um, it was like, Bryce Harper is that kid from the next town over who's always on TV, who's in, already been on TV and in the newspapers, and your friend's like, he can't be that good. And then he <laughs> hits one off of you that still hasn't landed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's – I. I love Bryce Harper. I, I I have since he came into the league, I guess, what, about a decade ago now, over a decade ago. Um, the dude has never not showed up under the lights, you know, like every single time. Ask the Nats fans that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should rephrase that, at least in a Phillies uniform. I know it's only been a few years, but he just seems to come through. Um, and this Phillies team did not get out to a good start. They were actually like getting booed. By the home fans, and I, mean, I know you're familiar, but you know if any casual MLB fan isn't familiar with what's been going on with Trey Turner this year. But Trey Turner was like one of the biggest um, off-season acquisitions by any team. I mean, he he went off. He carried Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Essentially, um, the Phillies acquired him and happened to play the worst stretch of baseball in his career for the first half of the season. And what Phillies fans did, which kind of goes against everything I know Philadelphia sports fans to be is they decided that instead of booing him, which he was starting to get the boo birds when he came up to the plate at home, 
they were going to give him a standing ovation. Now, I know that sounds corny and cheesy as all hell, but it somehow worked because homie went off to hit 357 the rest of the year. So it just goes to show like you just it, I don't want to say that like first halves don't matter. Like when talking about like a baseball season, but they, they kind of don't. It's 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 really interesting. So I personally, I hope the Phillies beat the Braves. Um, and then you're going to have a Phillies and hopefully Diamondbacks um, NLCS, which will be fun. I think I would want the Phillies to win, but I can't really root against Diamondbacks. I mean, I sometimes they, forget that they're a major league team, which is crazy because they have the sickest nickname and all those like professional Diamondbacks, is like the sickest way to say like snakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They also I, I want them to bring back their old jerseys so bad. They had oh, some, the purple. Oh, well, the purple jerseys need to come back. The dude, purple jerseys need to come back. Those are some great jerseys. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up like. I guess what like early two thousands. Randy Johnson. Diamondbacks. Just look up yeah. Randy Johnson uh, Diamondbacks highlights. They'll yeah. pop up in there. Th- those jerseys were beautiful. I I hope they bring them back. And I think they wear them like every now and then. But they one of the best in baseball. Yeah, they brought them back as a throwback at some point this year. Because one of their players tweeted out like afterwards, like these need to be permanent. Yeah, <laughs> they really do. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why teams just don't do that. It must not be a hundred percent up to them, but like, why couldn't they just be like, all right. Yeah. Like the, the fans have spoken. We're going to go back to this Jersey that everyone unanimously loves. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't anyway. know. I also anyway. don't know. I get what, cause I get why they come up with like new bad jerseys, like new alternate jerseys. Cause like Jersey, you try to sell jerseys, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, but well, maybe this will be our transition to the NBA. Those uniforms are just bad. The NBA oh, has got a uniform problem. Bro, the, uh, Nike is just, they are fumbling. They are fumbling hard right now. You know, it's really funny because I saw, I don't know if you may have uh, seen the same thread on Twitter too, but some guy who basically was like roasting it, like almost every yeah. single team in the league's jerseys. And I didn't realize just how bad the jerseys yeah. across the league are. Like it, it didn't. Like, because he had the Cavs in 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 one of those, and I was like, Cavs jerseys aren't that bad. But I was like, oh my god, it's just by comparison, they're not that bad. Like when you think about like where jerseys were like just even ten years ago, like I don't like this move that they've gone to for like a more simplistic look. It's just boring and bland, and I don't know. But the NBA's got a real jersey problem, and um, it wouldn't shock me if. I mean, we know how quickly things can change, like um, jersey-wise and color scheme-wise in the NBA. But you might see things start going in the other direction, where people are going back to more like, I guess, more detailed, more um, sophisticated schemes. Well, listen, the first year of the City Edition jerseys were awesome. I still have that uh, Javon Carter one for the Suns with like the Valley where it's like kind of digital, yeah. but it's got like that sunset. Those, those first year were great. Is that Oh one, by the way? No, 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 no. This was recent. This was like, this is when Nike first took over like a couple years ago. Okay. Um, Cause Javon Carter was on the Suns. This was 2019 maybe. Um, 
Let me look it up. It might have been 2020, something like that, because um, it was not that long ago when Nike first took over. Um, I think it was 2019. I'm looking at him now. Yeah, no, because New Orleans had um, uh, what's the word? The the green, purple. No, no, okay, not 2019 because 2019, 2020 is just Phoenix Suns says Los Suns. It's basic AF. Um. And some of these jerseys are fire, though. Right. When they first launched, yeah, some of them were. But, yeah. Like, I just don't understand why they can't do these all the time. Like, at some point, well, I I do get why they're not doing them because they're, like, novelty almost. Like, oh, we're going to wear these once or twice a year, but, you know, they're going to sell well in the team shops because they're clearly better than almost every other team's normal home and aways. Um, I just don't get why they can't wear them more than just like two or three times a year. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, so the, the one I'm talking about for Phoenix specifically was 2021. Okay. But then they wore them for like two years. I'm pulling up the pictures now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But yeah, the city edition jerseys this year are just, they're just basic. They're just like, there's no, there's no like flair or love to them at all. They're heat culture, just heat culture. That's all it says. Like, what? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Lack of culture. That's what it should say. <laughs> it's just like, like the magic ones are fine. The magic with the A, a star replacing the A, you know what I mean? And like a classic style. That, yeah. That's fine. These Hawks ones are nice. The, the yellow Hawks ones. I like those with the, the, the yellow, with the red trim and the red, red and black Hawk underneath Atlanta. Like that's cool. Let me see if I can find it. I'm not seeing it on on mine. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, just a lot of them very um the uh the New Orleans like it says statement. It's like it's a red uniform that says Crescent City with a slightly stylized number. Like what is that? It's nothing. It's nothing. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the 2023 jerseys now, and they're almost all of them are significantly less awesome. It's like they went simple again with the city jerseys, although I kind of do like the Cavs ones and I kind of do like the Knicks, but I don't know. I don't know. NBA has got to figure it out, dude. Um, Nothing will, you know, obviously, you know, this season's already figured out with, know what what teams are going to be wearing but i'd like to see them go back to maybe some more retro looks um just get some sophistication back into the jerseys because i'm not a fan of this simple look there's a reason why when we were in college and we would go to a house party there was a dozen dudes wearing like i don't know like 
1998 like Detroit Pistons jerseys. Like there was nothing recent. Yeah. So anyway, um, do you have any? I know we've kind of talked about um, like NBA teams and the value that they have to win the finals currently. Um, do you want to quickly go through and just give off the top, like where we think teams are going to finish, or do you want to have time to think about it and do it on a later episode? Let's do it next week because okay. the preseason, I think ends next week. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause the regular season starts the 24th. Yeah. We're two um, weeks away, less than two weeks. Yeah. So okay. that, that'll probably be our last episode before the regular season tips off. Okay, cool. We'll say that for next week then. So we'll go through and we'll give our one through six or one through seven, I should say. Right? How many teams make the postseason now? Six teams make it, four teams in the play-in. Seven, eight, nine, ten are in the, in the plan. That's right. So we'll give those predictions out next week. Um, How are your fantasy football teams doing? Um, pretty good. Um, I am, I think I have a, I have a winning record in all, but no, I'm, I have a winning record in four of my six leagues. Okay. Um, two weeks ago I went five and one and this week I think I went like three and three again, but overall doing pretty good. Um, Devin Achan going to the IR is going to hurt me pretty bad in um, at least one of my leagues. Um, but it's also my family league where I it's 16 people are in the league. And like like the guy I'm playing against this week has Pratt, Pat Firemuth in his lineup still. They're, the Steelers are on bye and he was ruled out last week. James Connors in his starting spot just sent to IR like. You know, some not all these people are paying attention, so I yeah. I, I don't feel too bad about that one. Uh, the auction draft league, as usual, doing pretty bad. I don't know why I keep doing this league. I bad at the auction, but you know, I got a big big win two weeks ago because I had Christopher McCaffrey and Josh Allen, um, and Nico Collins back when they went off. But then last week, back in the loser column. Um, oh no, my bad. I actually did win last week because I played the actual worst team in the league. I played a team that doesn't have a win yet. Um, so yeah, but that's the type of place I'm at right now where I'm like, I'm beating the bad, bad teams, but I am not that great either. Yeah. Uh, spending money on Javante Williams was a bad call. Bad call. <laughs> bad, 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 bad call. Now Zay Flowers and Nico Collins have worked out nicely. And jump, dropping the bag for Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, also working out nicely. So, I, I don't know. I still got hope for this team. Um, in my league with LaMarca, that team is two and three. There's no IR spots on this in the bet. Like, Ooh. you know what I mean? Which is tough because I have Deontay Johnson out. Um, I Christian Watson started the year out. Um, I have T. Higgins, who's been out the last couple weeks. Um, Jameer Gibbs was out last week. Dalton Kincaid apparently about to be ruled out. Like, just, I had Travis Kelsey week one out. 
Um, a lot of bank, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Um, but you know, there's still time to turn around. I don't hit the panic button in fantasy till like week eight or week week like like right around right before Halloween. The week before Halloween is where it's like I guess that is week eight this year. That's where it's like okay, if you're like two and five at that point or two and four, it's like okay, if you have any chance of making the playoffs, you got to do something desperate now. Yeah. Um, Let's see, in my league with Dan and his people from um, Frostburg, I'm three and two. Two-game losing skid, um, which is tough, but um, that's the league I had Devin A. Chan in. But I'm getting Austin Eckler back, so my running backs are not the problem. My, my wide receivers have kind of been letting me down recently, so I need Michael Pittman Jr. to step it up. Hopefully he will with Gardner Minshew, and then and Scary Terry. Commanders. Let's get him the ball more. And then in my dynasty league, I'm somehow four and one. I have scored the least amount of points of all the people currently in the playoffs, <laughs> and am in fact seventh in a ten man league in points per game. But I am four and one, and just beat the previously undefeated um, team. The, only, the last undefeated team lost to me last week. Who <laughs> came through for you? Who was on your team? Um. I would say the guy that really came through for me um, last week, um, last week, who, the guy who came for me with Jalen Hurts, he put up a 30 ball. And then I started the Broncos running back, Jaleel McLaughlin. He came through. He was the one who really came through for me because everyone else, it's a non-PPR league. So, or it's 0.1 points per catch. So basically not a PPR league. And I started the commander's defense. It got me negative points. But uh, shout out to the my opponent who um, um, started the Buccaneers defense who was on a bye. So oh, shout out. No. Yeah, tough look. Tough look. He didn't have a backup. He didn't have a backup defense on his bench, but he the Saints defense was available who put up 20 points, could have won in the game. Like there was like a majority of the defenses. I only won by five points. He could have just picked up, and I did not beat last week the team that's undefeated. Um, that's I got my weeks confused, so I just beat another team. But, um, yeah, yeah, big uh, big matchup for us this week. We play each other. I was waiting for the finale to to discuss our matchup. You're projected to win right now. Barely. I mean, it's fifty fifty. But I'm getting Sun God back. He's not in my lineup yet because I'm waiting for them to rule Tank Dell out so I can oh. put him on IR and do do the swap. But yeah, I um really need T Higgins to play because I am not deep at wide receiver. If he doesn't play, I would be forced to put in the likes of I uh, I was looking Smith at your Jigba bench or more. So it's it's not great. I mean. What I could do, because we have two flex positions, is I could could move DJ Moore up and then put in, like, Logan Thomas um, into a flex because he's kind of low-key been killing it. So you, I have you options. Put, you could put Cam Akers in there, too. Yeah, you would really like that, wouldn't you? You would like if I put Cam Akers in there. Just saying some names that are on your bench. Yeah, Just yeah. saying some names on your bench. I could I could put Nick Chubb in there, too, right? Like, <laughs> Come on now. I'm not that mean. <laughs> I am... Um, uh, I, I'm in three fantasy football leagues and this one, I'm three and two. Um, I'm in a work league where I am four and one. 
And then the league that I run with some of my friends back home where we have a punishment for last place. Um, I am in contention for worst team in that league. Um, not great. I have uh, Jay Jettas. Uh, he was really my only hope. I lost this week. I was at one point before Sunday night football. I was projected like I had like a 90 percent chance of winning. I don't remember exactly what. Actually, if I look it up, I could probably tell you exactly what happened. It's probably engraved in my memory. Um, I was playing a one and three team and I was two and two. And I made the decision to start Jordan Love at QB over Brock Purdy. Mm. Not Mm. great. Mm. Not good. Um, But I was going up in that league. I went up against Jamar Chase. So we know how that went and yep. Brees Hall, which it really screwed me. And then uh, Ramondre Stevenson dropping two points and Jay Jettas getting hurt did not do me any favors. My t- I scored 143 points. I had the second highest total in that league in a, in, in a 10 man league. It's just the guy that the one and three guy that I was playing is just his team went off. So. Yeah, stuff. Um, the last place punishment for that league is uh, whoever finishes in last has to eat six chicken wings coated in the bomb hot sauce from hot ones. Oh, so nice. I think I will be enjoying those um, at uh, some point in my college fantasy league. I am three and three start out. zero and two, then one, two in a row, then lost one, then one, one. I played Duran this week. That'll be fun. Um, but the punishment we may have settled just on because we didn't settle on one before the we talked about it and then you know it's one of those things. There's a it's a group big group chat and it just kind of died off. But the punishment it looks like for that league will be the milk mile. Oh, oh. <laughs> why? Why? Either either that or going on a date with an inflatable toy oh dude i okay so i got a lot of anxiety when my fantasy group chat was trying to figure out the punishment and i'm the dumbass that suggested about three years ago that we introduce a punishment for last place but <laughs> I, our first punishment was the hot wings um and my buddy bear um you know if you know you know bear finished in last had to eat the hot wings, ate like one and a half of them, and then proceeded to eat like eight Klondike bars at my kitchen table. Um, the second year, so this was last season, last place had to pay the best regular season record a hundred dollars. So it okay. was kind of like, you know, there was a, an incentive, you know, for having the best regular best regular season, also an incentive to not come in last. Uh, and then this year, we kind of some of the guys got creative and you know there were the stereotypical ones like oh like take the sat um one of them was like have to golf an entire 18 holes in women's golf attire there was the waffle house punishment which is i'm, I'm sure you're familiar but yeah it's been 24 hours in a waffle house for every waffle that you eat it knocks an hour off your time there's also ihop version with pancakes yeah i believe um the waffles one. are better because waffles are thicker. Like it's you can't really eat too many waffles. Yeah. Like 
you're you're wolfing down maybe maybe in the challenge you'll you'll wolf down six or seven to knock it down like I'll gobble them up in one sitting wait and then you could gobble down another like four or something like late you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's I mean you're you're knocking down let's just say between six and eight off the start and then you're hitting a wall yeah and it, then it, it, it gets tough so we, thankfully we didn't have to do that there were a couple other ones there was one our one of the suggested ones and we voted on this so this this was a democracy like we voted and um, I'm glad that the side that I wanted to win won. But one of the things that was suggested was uh, going to an open mic night at a comedy club and doing a set. Oh, boy. Yeah, that would have been rough. Um, one of them that was suggested was, like, get a job at your local Taco Bell and work an entire shift and then quit at the end of it. Um, oh, that's. But yeah, there were some like there were some like not good punishments. Um, and then we settled on the hot wings, thank, thankfully, um, which I might be, I might be the one that has to, that has to eat them. Unfortunately, it's, 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 I'm already accepting defeat. Well, I'm wishing the best for you. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully your team turns it around. Um, yeah, they're not going to, it's fine though. It's fine. I listen, I, I couldn't. I still have two other leagues that I have winning records in. Uh, if if I can manage to beat you this week, Chuck, I'll feel pretty good about where I'm at. Um, and if I continue to do really well in my work league, I think that I'm trying to. I don't know which one has the bigger first place prize, but I'm 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 sitting well. I, I would gladly would gladly come in last in my league if it meant getting to the championship in one of my other two leagues. So hopefully I can make that happen. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you've got. Right. Well, you haven't locked it up, but right now you've scored the most points in a single game this season. So you've got a twenty five dollar bonus coming to you if that holds. Oh, baby. There you go. Baby, can I get that in advance? Can I get an advance on that? You can't because you have to get paid by the last place person, which we also don't know until the end of the season. So. okay, fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's 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 move to the shows. Let's do it. Because we got two shows to talk about. Um, probably not going to spend, I would imagine, too much time on Loki. So do you want to start with Loki? Sure. Okay. So season two, episode one of Loki premiered last Thursday, I think. Yes. So almost a week ago. Um, what day did you get a chance to watch? I watched Friday night. Okay. I think I watched around the same. Either Friday or Saturday. Um Give me your quick thoughts on it. Um, really good. Uh, I was like, this was the best show, Disney Plus show last year. Let's see if it like what's going on. And I was very pleasantly not surprised, but like satisfied, like excited, like all right, this is cool. I I I have an idea of where we're going and what's going to happen, but. You know, there's still it's so wide open and it feels it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, season one ended on a fairly big cliffhanger with him going back 
to the TVA after meeting with uh, the, uh, the King variant at the end yep. of time and Morbius not knowing who he was. And that was how it ended. And I thought the first episode did a pretty good job of kind of explaining the state of things um, and what's happening to Loki. It seems like they fixed it at least in the first episode. So that's good. And there's like this sort of like this, like fork in the road right now. Um, well, maybe, maybe no, not so much anymore, but at least in the first episode, there was like, you know, you had people from the TVA. The TVA is kind of split right now, a little bit of a power struggle. You have these old heads um, that are not buying into this idea that they themselves are variants, and that the TVA is being controlled by Kang or a Kang variant. Um, I don't know if it's a variant or actually Kang, but and those folks from the TVA are obsessed with finding Sylvie because yeah. they almost believe that she's to blame. And then you have what I would refer to as like the main cast of characters minus Sylvie from season one. So Loki, um, Morbius, I cannot remember. Mobius. Am I, am I saying Morbius? You would say you said Morbius that time at least. OK, Mobius. Um, B-15 is one of them where they're like, OK, our lives as we know it, at least from B-15 and Mobius's perspective, they're like, our lives are a lie. Um, and they are kind of like on Loki's side. So I really liked the first episode, man. It was nice to kind of go back there. I mean, a Tom Hiddleston's Loki is just one of those characters that I enjoy. Like every time he's been on the big screen or, you know, on my TV and in whatever setting and some about, Owen Wilson too. I just, I just, I just appreciate him. He's, he's really good in this role. So it was cool to kind of be back there. And also we have a new addition this season, which I thought what they did a great job introducing him, which was Kihi Kwan. Yeah. He's great. I can't remember his character's name, but he kind of plays like Obi. 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 He plays like the stereotypical, like it guy that like nobody really wants to be around. And he's kind of like, just been down like, I, I he's he's like in the basement or something. Yeah, um, he's like been down there for like hundreds of years. And when when Mobius and Loki go down to visit him and he's like, Mobius, how long has it been? And then Loki's like, yeah, how long has it been? <laughs> yeah, this and Mobius I, this, is trying to lie his way through it. It's gold. It's so good. <laughs> this episode did a great job of balancing like when the stakes were high and like you were you know what i mean like yeah the drama but then injecting a lot of nice like witty like banter humor in the in in the episode like it did a good job of balancing those things a hundred percent a hundred percent i mean i'm excited to see i imagine ob is gonna play a pretty big role in this season or else i don't think they would have brought in somebody like kihi kwan so i'm envisioning like this four or five man group of Loki, Sylvie, Mobius, Obi, and B-15. Um, and I think, you know, that would be really exciting to see because I think all those, you know, characters play off of each other so well. So looking forward to it. But, you know, just with the part of my language, the absolute clusterfuck that the MCU is right now, Loki kind of gives me hope that like they have not completely forgotten how to make a quality production. And I say that because of the news today, which I'm sure you saw of daredevil. Yeah. 
dude. What's I mean, going on? I mean, I I think it's a good thing that they were basically like instead of just letting the ball roll and whatever happened, they were like, no, 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 no. We'll start over. So essentially, what happened was the show was going in one direction, and basically after um, Secret Invasion. Marvel decided we can't let this happen again. Because what happened in Secret Invasion is they had a showrunner who did like most of the work leading up, who then they decided they wasn't going in the right direction. So they let go in the middle of it or right after at some point. And then different producers were like vying for who's going to be the top person. And it was like, you know what I mean? And the show just kind of suffered for it. And I think they felt the same thing was happening with Daredevil. So they... I read so basically what I read in the article. They're like, okay, what we're actually going to do is because they also said it was becoming the show was a legal procedural, and he wasn't going to get in his uh, costume until episode four. Yeah, and they were like, no, 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 no. Okay, we're redoing. We're we're starting from scratch. We're going to be more like the the Netflix show, and we're going to let this thing play out. Like it's going to be more like a traditional TV. Like. Not this limited, like, six-episode series or eight-episode series. Like, let's make a television show and make it, like, just the Netflix show. It's like, okay. We're doing the – basically, they said, we're doing the Netflix show. This uh, this stuff isn't working. This works. Let's do it. Which I'm like, okay. That means, to me, it sounds like they were like, okay. We're still invested in making this thing good. Let's make it good. This is This is good. This is not. So I've still got hope. You know, and Vincent D'Onofrio, for what it's worth, he's he's apparently tweeted. He was like, every production I've been on that's been good has had, you know, things happen pre, during and post. Like, it's not if it's not that it's not creative. Let's get creatives, do what we do best. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up perfectly, like. The, the idea that he wasn't going to suit up until episode four and that somehow was like greenlit across that prior creative team seems wild to me. Yeah. So I, I guess this is a good thing. It just for me, like the, the first thought I had was like, dang, this seems incredibly shitty for Marvel to do right after the strike was over. Yeah, yeah, but I also don't know, weren't they, like, didn't they finish writing the, I don't know, the, the, I don't, yeah, it does seem shitty, but I don't know, it's their, it's their call, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I don't know, that's the thing, you don't know, I don't know, I would just say, you know, um continuity is generally be- stabilizing the sh- the show production staff is going to make the show better so if that's what it takes that's what it takes so you know we'll come we'll see in like probably like two years i guess now if because yeah. like if it's if secret invasion you know if one good thing would come from it it would be that like maybe it kind of woke them up a little bit to be like okay like we can't keep pushing out these subpar products or shows for the sake of getting something out there. So 
I, I, I mean, this might seem obvious, but if Secret Invasion did any better than it did, like, or it re- I should say received better feedback than it actually did, Marvel probably stays pat with this creative team on Daredevil. And it goes on to be, I, you know, mediocre if that's what they thought it was going to be. Like, who knows? But I did see that it was going to be primarily like a crime drama almost. And it's like, isn't that what you did with She-Hulk? Like, you don't need to do that again. Like, I don't need two crime shows with superheroes, you know, in the MCU. It just, it, it didn't make any sense to me. I, I feel for the folks, you know, that, you know, that got let go. But at the same time, like, if this ends up being good, then nobody's going to care. And that's just the reality of things, man. That's showbiz. It's it's a tough situation. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, let's get on to an actually really good show. And that being Gen V. Mm-hmm. On our last episode last week, we talked about the first three episodes of Gen V and kind of what we thought about the show now that we're kind of we were firmly into it. I mean, the three episode premiere was a lot. Um, and now we got the fourth episode, which. I thought they didn't skip a beat. I thought they they they're carrying that momentum from the first three, which is exactly what I wanted to see. This show continues to be um brutal. It continues to be like hilarious at times, emotional too. Like it's just hitting. It's just hitting all the spots, man. It's I adore this show so far. And I'm sure you're on the same boat. Oh yeah, 100% not missing a beat um emma is my girl yeah emma is my girl all the way through i'm rooting for her and sam uh but sam is a little we we sam gotta get some help sam's gotta get some help and that's uh, putting it lightly man the homie is homie's stressed he's not thinking clearly um but he's seeing clearly- puppets He's seeing puppets, which we're going to get more of that, I believe, either next episode or in a future episode, because I've already seen it in the trailer. But there's going to be a lot going on um, with that. Um, I'm shout out to Marie, too. I think she's she's yeah. getting she's coming along. She's coming along. Um, yeah, I'm I'm subscribing to the to the Marie and Jordan fling that we're getting the end of this episode. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I couldn't make sense of it. Like, did, what was that all about? Uh, it's I don't we it must have something to do with either that psychic or something because the same thing happens. She's she's trying to get help from that psychic dude, and then she flashes forward to being in the room before she explodes his dick, which yes. is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> And then we were we are getting a lot of male frontal nudity through the first four (laughs) episodes of this show, which surprisingly is being received so well because of the way that they're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then the episode ends the same way. So either he's nearby in that finale and we just don't see him or he did something to her long term. Yeah, I think he's. I think he did something to her long term. Um, I, but it's, I mean, what a great way to, like, I was sitting in my chair watching and I was like, what, what, no, I, no, I, I watched it today actually. So like, I, 
was trying to hold out as long as I can because I didn't want to go a whole week. Like, I, I had heard that this episode was very good, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try and see if I can at least get to, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, thankfully, I only have to wait two days to, to, to see what happens. But, dude, I just I, – I love these characters. I would say the one that I'm most intrigued by so far – I should say so far, but the one that's intriguing me the most right now is Andre. Yeah, I need to know what's going to happen with him, too, because he keeps making bad decisions. Yeah, he is he's easily flustered. Um, Homie's looking mad suspicious, getting interrogated by Tech Knight out there. Um, Also, fuck that guy, man. He pissed me (laughs) off this entire. I could not stand him. And then the the reveal at the end. Okay, okay. let me just I'm I'm not going to. I don't know if I have it in me to describe what exactly the fixation that his character has. I don't, I don't have that in me right now. I was wondering what the fuck was going on when he was standing in the classroom before he uh, talked to Marie in front of the class. And I don't know if you notice this, he had like a tape, like a clear tape dispenser, the one that you would find in a classroom that has like the hole in the middle. Yeah. And homie was messing around with that, that hole in the middle. And I was like, what is this dude? doing and then the bagel like five minutes later and i was like what is going on with this guy? and then the reveal not even six minutes later in the woods and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's just i i love this show already um it's getting me more and more excited for season four of the boys yep which I think I think got halted, right? I think they were in production for the strike. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know when they go back, but yes. One one thing that I found really interesting was um I was looking up some of the cast on Instagram after I watched the show and I don't remember if it was Liz Broadway's Instagram or if it was um I think I also looked at the girl who plays Jordan. But what was interesting was they were all picketing together with Jack Quaid and some of the people from the boys cast, which makes me think like the, I know there's going to be crossover between the two shows, but the amount of the crossover that's going to be happening. Cause we know that these two shows kind of run parallel next to each other and they're going to cross over at some point. So that was yeah. kind of exciting. Um, just off the top of your head, give me your top three favorite characters right now. I mean, Emma's number one. Yeah. No lie. No lie detected. Uh, number two is Sam. I'll go Sam number two. They're, they're my they're my one, two. They're my combo. And then number three, um, I'll go probably Jordan. I'm feeling we have for the Jordan. same exact top three. We have okay. the same. I I think probably in the same exact order too. Um, I obviously before this episode, I don't know if I could have put Sam in there just because we get so much of Sam in this episode, and it just seems like he's like just a genuine person who's just sick in the head right now because of all the testing that they did on him. And you just you know you immediately have this empathy for him and like you feel for him, and the actor's doing a really really good job. And I loved the bonding that he had with um, 
with Emma in this episode. They clearly have some sort of connection. Now, you know, he there was something romantic there, at least a little bit in the uh, were they like in an auto body shop or something? Uh, abandoned movie theater. Abandoned movie theater. Abandoned drive through movie theater. Drive through. OK, um, there was clearly something there. And you kind of get the sense that he likes her because she saved him. And she you get the sense that she likes him because he's like one of the only people that like wasn't completely grossed out when he learned about like her power. And you know, was like, just not a dick to her in general. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. He was like a really nice guy to her. Um, so that was really intriguing. But I really liked what we got from Jordan's character um, this episode because Jordan got what she wanted from Marie, which was Marie admitting that Jordan was actually the hero from the day that um, Golden Boy lost it. But then you kind of saw from Jordan that, OK, that's actually not what they wanted. Um, And then we get this little this little hookup between them and Marie. And it's interesting because the hookup in the dorm room is with Jordan as a boy. And then at the end, you see them in bed together, but it's Jordan as a girl. So that that look that Marie has when she wakes up, and she, it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. Um, that actress is doing a really good job. Uh, job too. I think her name's Jazz. Jazz um, Sinclair, yeah. God, did the, I? I don't know how. Like, I would always imagine that casting would be one of the most difficult parts about creating a television show, and for most of these kids i'm gonna call them kids because the main cast is all really young for them all to be as good as they are and to be relatively unknown i think the one that we've probably seen the most of was probably liz broadway she's done a couple projects um for hbo she was in the newest american pie i think it it depends because like jazz sinclair was in um chilling adventures of sabrina she was one of the main characters in that. So was uh, Cha- uh, the guy who plays um, Andre. Oh, really? Yeah, they were both in that show. Okay. And that was big for Netflix. So I think mo- they probably have the biggest face. Like, oh, I've seen that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but by no means are any of these people household names or even recognizable to, you know, like yeah, I like would say our parents or something. Right. People who don't follow this. They're just not incredibly popular in pop culture yet. But the point I'm trying to make is like for for them to have seemingly nailed it with yeah. this cast is so impressive because, again, they're so young. And when you're that young, you don't have a ton of body of work to go off of. And I imagine it's probably a little bit more of like a grueling process to land some of these roles when you don't have the body work. And it's a terrible comparison because it's two ends of the spectrum. But somebody like Leo isn't auditioning for anything. Somebody like Jonah Hill, not auditioning for anything. Kate Blanchett, not auditioning for anything. Like, though you're established. Right. Uh, so it's just it's, – it's really cool to see. I, I get really excited when there's a show with – a really young slash unknown cast and it's doing as well as it does. It's just really exciting to me. And this is exactly what this show has been so far through four episodes. Um, I do want to say, cause actually somebody had asked me at work if they would have needed to watch the boys to watch this show. And I said, no, 
Yeah. I mean, you should, but I don't think it's a necessity. There's the only thing they need to know going into this show from the boys is that superheroes are made with com with this thing called compound V that they get yeah. injected with as babies. And so this kid, group of kids is like the first generation of kids that now know that they weren't like born special. Their parents basically bought paid or they paid bought for this mm-hmm. for what happened to them. Yeah. Cause season one of the boys and most of season two, yeah, we, 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 we don't know that basically soups were given compound V. We, we were under the assumption that they were born that way. No, that's the, it's, that's like the end of season one. They figure it out and they, give it to the news at the beginning of season. Oh, you're so. right. Okay, so basically just for season one, you're under the impression that and it's a big reveal. I mean, it kind of changes everything. So that would be the only thing. Um, but as it is now, you see a couple characters. I think we've only seen them in like, I think we've only seen Ashley and A-Train um, so far. from Which A-Train was a cameo. A cameo. Um, so there hasn't been like an actual true crossover yet with anybody from the, 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 the boys show. So I would think that you'd be okay. Um, if anything, I think that this show would like, is, is a really good, uh, segue or gateway in, into the boys. Cause if you would like this show, you would like the boys. Cause it's everything. This show is just the stakes are higher and it's more amplified. Um, and kind of crazier folks. I mean, Homelander's, I mean, you think that Sam's got issues. I mean, good God. So, um, anything you want to say about Gen V before we kind of wrap things up? Nope. Just watch it. Yeah. I mean, that's really putting it the best way possible. Um, We will be back next week. Um, we will be covering the newest episode of Gen V. We will be covering the newest episode of Loki. I don't think we have any other shows premiering between now and then. We'll also kind of give our uh, – we'll do our NBA predictions. So we'll yep. each get a chance to kind of read off where we think the East is going to be come playoff time as well as the West. If you're listening up to this point on Spotify or Apple, if you could please give us a review, we would really, really appreciate it. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. We are on Twitter at Mind Popcorn, and you can find both Chuck's personal handle and my personal handle in the Twitter bio. You can follow the podcast on TikTok. We are on TikTok at Mind Your Popcorn. So give us a follow there. Chuck, any last words? Nothing. Nothing else. Just, just go lit. Go watch the boys. Go watch the boys. Go give Loki season two a chance. And, uh, yeah, and go see Killers of the Flower Moon when it comes out next week. Yeah, yeah, you heard the man. Go see Killers of the Flower Moon. Go take, go take your parents to go see Killers of the Flower Moon or take a friend. Pay for their ticket. Be nice. Do something nice for somebody, goddammit. All right. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Talk to everybody then.